0: Well, hey, good morning, welcome, Uh, glad to see you. My name is Josh, one of the pastors. I am the bald one she referenced earlier. (laughs) Convictor of those who use grocery pickup, that's right. We can talk about that after service if you want. Uh, (laughs) It's okay. Hey, we are in our series, More, and last week, Pastor Brandon, uh, he started this conversation with us about worship, And we're going to continue that theme here today with a a little bit of a different uh, take on it. But we're going to actually start by doing a responsive reading. Uh, We've done this a couple of times on Sundays. We've done this a few times on our first Wednesdays. But I want to invite you to stand as we do this. So if the words on the screen are in white, I will read them. Just me, this guy right here, no other Joshes. Just me. And then all the words, all the words that are in yellow they're in yellow, we'll have you guys read. Does that, does that make sense? All right, we got this. So if it's, if it's white lettering, it's me. If it's yellow lettering, it's you. So this is out of the book of Psalms. This is Psalm 150, where it says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and blues. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. That breathes, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Show of hands. Who's breathing this morning? Alright. So I expect Big things from you guys later. You can go ahead and grab a seat. Well, hey, we want to we want to continue this conversation. Like I said about worship, and, and Pastor Brandon uh, very wonderfully started this off last week. So you want to you want to give us a little bit of a, a, a recap or a review.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if you're, you're this is like your first time here, we're in a teaching series called More Practicing the Way of Jesus, and basically looking at His life as a model. And then we've been looking at different aspects of Jesus's life, and we've talked about the secret place, and we represented it with that chair. Are you like, are you going to have a chance to sit in
0: the chair? Maybe next week. Okay. Maybe next week. So we'll we might chair. see you
1: sit in the chair. Maybe. Um, it it is very I don't, comfortable. I don't sit still well.
0: I don't... Shocker. That's <laughs> it's not my... That's not my... Uh, I'm
1: wondering at any point during this message that I'll stay right here and that you'll end up over there at some point. I would bet
0: a lot... Of, should we actually put money... No, we're probably not. No, because... This is recorded. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> this is yeah. recorded. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, but the idea is the chair represents the secret place, and Pastor Ryan's done a great job of uh, unpacking that secret place, and then last week, yeah, we can praise God for that, how uh, God's used Pastor Ryan in that, and then last week, we talked about uh, the secret place, but like with our worship, and then last week, we kind of talked about the idea that worship isn't just song, it's very diverse, Worship is diverse, Uh, worship can take place in the context of confession, lament, praise, thanksgiving, and adoration. And so uh, we took a lot of the service to just kind of barely skim the surface on the, each of those areas uh, of just the diversity of worship. But one of the major takeaways, and I hope that you were challenged by this in a good way, not to like beat you up, but try to spur on and encourage, is that our secret worship overflows to our public worship. And, and I hope that out of last week, like, I hope that you practiced worshipping in your secret place. And as you already noticed like we haven't even the band hasn't even come out yet. And that's very intentional. Like we want to lay down the groundwork that we we need to bridge to like last week, the idea of secret worship, but now we're all together. And, and today is going to be the idea of public worship cuz It's important, and we also see it in scripture. Check this out in Psalms 35, verse 18. I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. So it's not just something that we do in our secret place. Yes, we need to have that, but we also come here, we gather together in the great assembly, and we praise and thank God. And so now we're going to get kind of practical, I think. Uh, try to be practical about, like, how do we respond to this? What does this look like in our hearts? What does this look like in our body posture? And that's kind of what we're going to unpack here today.
0: Yeah, so we want to start by talking about a couple of the, kind of the core motivations of worship. Why, why do we worship? What is, the, you know, what is the reason why we worship? And I want to suggest to you two things here this morning. The first is, we worship in response to who God is. Right, God, He is the Creator of all. Right, He He knit us together, and so so because of who He is, this omniscient, omnipresent being, we're like, that's that's awesome, man. Like we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna worship that guy. Right, so we worship in response to who God is, but we also worship in response to what God has done. Right, the gospel, right? What we see in scripture, the gospel is this idea that God is is so holy, right, and sin cannot enter his presence. So Jesus comes down as as, as this perfect union of the divine and the human, and he gives his life up for us so that we can come back into this space with God. Right, that is the gospel. And because of that, we worship, we're like, whoa. This thing that I could never do for myself, Jesus did for me, and I worship in response to that.
1: Yeah, so I I, I hope that you kind of catch that vision of who God is and what God has done. Uh, Theologian James Boyce, like, we have a really good quote, but before I click on that slide, like, we love you. (laughs) This, This is one of those quotes that, like, it's super challenging.
0: What? I was just trying to communicate our love to everybody. So you were physically showing your well, love. Well, I, like, I can't actually bend my fingers the right way. But you do the, like the heart thing, right? And then you just yeah, do that like,
1: doesn't oh. look like a heart Hey, at all. you know what?
0: You're right, because a heart is like a big lump of blood and muscle and goop, <laughs> goop. Like, so <laughs> Nice. So check it out. There we go. That's that's more anatomically anatomically correct.
1: Yes. That's right. And we'll talk about expressions here in a little bit. But because of who God is and because of what God has done, let's look at what theologian uh, James Boyce says. He says, let's be done with worship that's always weak and unexciting. If you cannot sing loudly and make loud music to praise the God who's redeemed you in Jesus Christ and is preparing you for heaven, perhaps it's because you do not really know God or the gospel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and ooh,
0: went over the audience. Yeah, read that, read that one more time.
1: So let's be done with worship that is always weak and unexciting. If you cannot sing loudly and make loud music to praise the God who's redeemed you in Jesus Christ and is preparing you for heaven, perhaps it's because you do not really know God or the gospel. And it's gonna come down to the core, like our heart. We have to have a good understanding of who God is and really his character as well. Because I think out of that, is the overflow of our worship. And so we're going to kind of unpack uh, four ideas or concepts or expressions of worship.
0: Yeah, but just to that point, right? He says, if, if we can't sing loud, right? Now, I get it. Not everybody is, is musically inclined. In okay. fact, like show of hands, who in the room today, you'd say, like, you don't have a musical bone in your body. Like, like you you play the radio out of tune. Like, that's... <laughs> That's how that's how bad you are. <laughs> so, too much bass, it's distorted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no such thing as too much bass. <laughs> so, I am just saying. So, so here I, I think it can be tempting, right? When we start talking, it's like, "Oh, they're talking about singing. I can't sing. I'm not musical yeah. whatever." And we can check out. Right? I want to encourage you, lean in. Cuz first of all, worship is way more than just music. Mm-hmm. Right? But music is one form of worship that we see all through scripture. And I love, I love my grandpa, my my mom's, I love both my grandpas, but my grandpa Jolman, right? He was one, he could not sing to save his life. Like you could put a gun to his head and say, sing at least two notes in key. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. But you know what, man? I would go to church with grandpa Jolman when I was a kid. And he would just, he would belt out in his monotone voice, just as loud as he could, I'm, like as a kid, it was embarrassing. Like it was embarrassing, and you're like, "Grandpa, could you just just sing a little bit, a little bit quieter, Grandpa?" And my grandpa would say, "You know what? Scripture says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say it has to be in tune." <laughs> so maybe maybe you're not musical at all. Maybe you sing in a monotone voice, right? And and you know we sing that song, and you're all like, "I worship the God who is." I worship the God who what uh, like and that's what you sound like. Cool. Praise cool. Praise God. Make a joyful noise, doesn't have to be in tune. Now you're not gonna make the cut for the worship team, but that's all right. You got other <laughs> you got other things you can do. But hey, hey, it's all right. Sing loud. Sing loud. Be like be like my grandpa Joelman. That's if that's all you take away from this, be like my grandpa Joelman. Okay.
1: So, alright. I was waiting for you to sing, like, Amazing Grace or something.
0: No, dude, my, like, I've got to teach a class after this service, okay. yeah, and I'm yeah, already yeah, yeah. losing my voice. So I... <laughs> All
1: right, so we're going to look at some expressions uh, of worship, and the, the first is love. Like, we just worship out of this love, and I really want you to, to unpack this.
0: All right, no, so, so show of hands, and I know that this doesn't apply to everybody in the room, but for, for some of us, it will. Right, uh, show of hands, who's a parent? Whether you've got biological or adopted kids, right? Like you, you're a, you're a parent, right? I want to, I want to take you back. Okay. I, I like this. I'm going to, I'm going to read this. This is from Rob. It says, music is more than just a song. It's a friend you hold close to your heart. It's a memory that takes you back. It's a break in the middle of a bad day. It endures hardships and gets you through the times you'd rather forget. It's soothing. It makes our souls sing. Oh, I liked it. And you didn't even know what's coming later in the message, Rob. Music is the rhythm of life. Music is a gift from God. Thank you. Hey, thank you for sharing that. The soul. What? October of last year. And then guess what? I think now, now we get to be blessed by that today. So I, I love that idea of the soul. Like that, that's going to tap into something we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes just a few minutes. But it's an expression of love. So for those of you that are parents, I want to take you back to when that first kid, again, whether it's biological kid or or adopted kid, and yes, for those of you that have ever wondered, does that guy, did he ever have hair? Yes. I'm the the pasty colored one. (laughs) Just in case you wondered. Uh, But you remember, you remember holding that kid in your arms and you just you just get that feeling inside you. You're like, you're like, holy cow, like I didn't know it was possible to love somebody this much. And you're just holding them and like you know like right now like man I would take a bullet for this kid. I would like, all these things go through. mind. you just met this person and they're wrinkly and they're gnarly looking and you're like it doesn't even matter. You're just, you're just holding them. You're like, oh, I love this person so much. I like, think we, we say a lot That we love God. I mean you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever said that? Oh yeah, like I love God. I love God. But do we have that like, oh man, like I love God? Right? And love isn't just this feeling, love is a choice. Hmm. Sure, in that moment holding that kid, you're you're overwhelmed with emotion sometimes. But that propels you to live your life a certain way. If you're married, right, and you say to your spouse, I love you, if that's the only thing you do to communicate love to your spouse, like you, you should probably come and visit uh, one of us for a little bit of marriage counseling. <laughs> because, because love isn't just words. It's not just an emotion. This is, this is a, a set of decisions, choices that you make. Because of this love, because I love my wife, because I love my children, that affects the way that I live my life every day. Does the way that we love God and the way that he loves us, does that affect the way that we live our lives every day?
1: Yeah, so here's a biblical example to show this. Because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. Uh, In your name, I will lift up my hands. Like there's action behind the love. Because the steadfast love that God has for us Sometimes that can be expressed by just the lifting of our hands. But there are these earthly relationships, just like what Pastor Josh has shared. Like There's these earthly relationships that we have that we express that love not just by saying, I love you. We actually have action behind that. It's the same in our worship towards the creator of the universe. Praise the, uh, the Lord, O oh my soul and my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Like, what does it look like to just go to the depths of your heart? Like, it's it's hard to describe this, and we just, we come up with this analogy of our heart, but I'm wondering, even within our heart, there are these different layers or depths to our heart, and do we praise God from that innermost heart of hearts location within our souls? Do, do we just have an overflow of that? Do we do we invite God into the into those places? But praise the Lord, all oh my soul, my inmost being, like that—that that would be like that secret place of worship. But it doesn't just stay there; it begins to flood every aspect of our heart, and then it begins to overflow into the public. Because I will praise you, O oh Lord, with all my heart—not just a portion of it, but all. Of our heart. And so, man, we just we need to wrestle with the idea of like our worship and our praise, our adoration, all of it. Our worship needs to come from every aspect of our heart. Worship is also an expression of joy and excitement. Now, I just out of curiosity, how many like American football fans are in the room here today? Like you have your team, right? Like, Pastor Josh, he put this graphic in there, which is probably a good thing, because I would have put a Detroit Lions picture in there, and we, yeah, like, just out of curiosity, who's brave enough to admit that you're a Lions fan? Yeah, come on, restore the roar, right? Because <laughs> there's not much of a roar right now. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's a hashtag on the old <laughs> social medias. I threw you off
0: on that one, didn't it it I? It. Well, because if, if we had a picture of the lions, it would be, we'd have to say that worship is an expression of depression and disappointment. <laughs> so... Uh... It, yes, it is lament. a lament. Thank there you, go. Brandon. There you go. Yeah. Uh,
1: but this year, you know, we beat Whiny Pants Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, like it was really good. Uh, but, man, we, like, so when... I, When the Lions beat Green Bay in Green Bay, my wife and I were jumping up in our living room, screaming at the TV. Like we were excited, we were full of joy in that moment. You may not be able to relate to football, you may not even know who the Detroit Lions are, that's okay. But is there something in your life, like it moves you, you get excited about it, it brings you joy that same idea should be expressed in our worship.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's important, too, here to talk about, like, we, we get there are different temperaments, there are different personalities, yes. right? Like, for you, excitement might look different. Like, Brandon's screaming at his TV, right? That might not be the way that you express excitement, and that's okay. yeah Again, this isn't to say that there's these, these cookie-cutter things, oh, well, you have to do this to express. No, like, whatever that looks like to you, like, how do you express whatever it is that gets you excited? How do you express that excitement? And do you get that excited about Jesus? And does your expression of that excitement carry over? Does that make Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. no, that's good. Yeah, it, it, it's like we're not saying,
1: well, if you're not dancing, if you're not lifting your hands, like we're not saying you have to do it like that. Like that's not our heart. That's not our intent. But maybe you've been holding back. Like maybe it is inside of you, but there's just something that's kind of just been hindering your worship. That's all we're trying to to focus on because we do worship in different ways. But scripture, man, there's all kinds of examples about worship and how that affects our posture. In fact, Psalms 149 verse three says, praise his name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp. Okay. Oh, night. Nice. Hard yeah, yeah. That was good. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I could not do Where's that. Where's Eli? That's probably not a good harp the harp. impression. Yeah. Eli is <laughs> that a good impression? Yeah. I love. So, but we, like, here's an example of King David. I'll I'll let you set up most of it. But David, like, he's the, the guy who killed the giant. He's, like, there's all these stories about David. But one thing that we know is he was a man after God's own heart. Like, he just had, he had worship in the inmost part of his heart. And I think we see how that overflows in the outer part, but I'll let you set up the scripture.
0: Yeah, so in Second Samuel, we, we see this, this uh, situation where David uh, is bringing the ark of the Lord back to the people of Israel. It had been, you know, several years prior, it had been taken captive by one of Israel's enemies, and, and they, they're finally getting it back. This was significant because the ark was symbolic of the presence of God. So, so they're in this place where they're bringing back, in a sense, they're bringing the presence of God back to Israel. And so we're gonna, we're gonna jump in partway through that narrative in 2 Samuel chapter six. It says this. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with what? Great celebration. Great celebration. So they're saying the presence of of the Lord is coming back to us, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. After the men who were carrying the ark, the Lord had gone 6 steps. David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Don't worry. We're never going to do that here. Not going to do that. So, so next week you don't have to bring like a goat or a chicken and like be cutting that up in the aisles. We are not that kind of church. Not that kind of church. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. David is the king. And he's pumped that the presence of the Lord is returning to his people. He danced before the Lord. That's important. Who's his audience here? The Lord he's doing this for the Lord and he danced with all his might so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy they're excited and the blowing of ram's horns again if you play a mean ram's horn and you want to audition for the worship team cool I don't don't know if we've got any any ram's hornists you play a ram's horn cool I didn't know that about you but as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, who was one of David's wives, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. And I think this is a this is a cautionary tale. And we're talking about expressions or postures of worship. And some of us struggle with that. We're like, oh man, I don't know if I could do that, man. Again, what, what are people going to think? And we, we get kind of caught up in that space. But I think one of the other dangers is that we look around and maybe we see other people demonstrating some of these postures or expressions of worship. And we look on them with contempt, like, I cannot believe. Can you, you turn to your neighbor and say, can you believe that person is down there? They're dancing in church. In church. David is the king. And he's out there dancing. Who? For the Lord. For the Lord. Now, do you have to dance? No. If you feel like you got to dance, though, and like that's the way you're, you're going to express everything, is that cool? Yep. Get your dance on. Get your dance on. <laughs> but we have to be careful that we don't look on the expressions of others' worship with contempt. If what they're bringing is from their heart of worship to the Lord, we don't want to look down on that because it doesn't play out real great for michael but
1: no and and i you you hit it, but let's stay there for a second. We also don't want to be in fear during our worship mm. um, like we don't we don't want to not express something because we're fearful of what other people will think and you know, I shared this last service. There's times where it depends on the song, it depends on the heart of the worship. A lot of times it happens and plays out when I'm just in a posture of adoration. Like, I just, I adore Jesus. I am just so thankful for him. And there's times that I wrestle with, like, I just need to kneel down. But then it's like, I'm fearful of what y'all are thinking. And Like, I wrestle with that. But at the same time, it doesn't matter what you're all thinking because I'm worshiping God, right? And so, like, I'm fearful that it comes across like, oh, he's just being flashy, he's just being showy. Like, that's not my heart at all. Like, my heart is like, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for everything that you have done in my life and what you're going to do. I'm in awe. And there's times that I can't even stand up. And so I, I wrestle with that, you know, and as the pastor, I'm just trying to be transparent with you guys. Like maybe like you want to express yourself uh, different ways or just like whether it's dancing or raising your hands or kneeling, whatever that might be. Like it doesn't matter what the other people in the room think. It doesn't matter. It is between your inmost heart and the creator of the universe. All right, let's, let's keep moving through some uh, expressions of worship uh, just like the idea of our, our, our needs for him and trusting him in that. And there's probably some overlap uh, into lament a little bit on this, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you take it from here. Yeah,
0: so, so there are times in our life, right? And, and maybe some of you are in this season right now, and, and I love, again, last week, how Pastor Brian brought that idea of lament, how sometimes we live in that, that space. In between, you know, like what we experience and, and what we hear about is the goodness of God, right? Those things don't seem to line up. Well, we hear about this good God, but, but my life sucks right now, right? And, and some of us are in that, in that place. You're like, what do we do, right? Like we feel like we are drowning in life. Like, man, I can't even get my head above water right now. But even in that, even in that place of being overwhelmed, Man, we can express our worship and say, Man, Lord, I don't know what's going on here. I just, man, I know, I know that I need you. I need you to show up. I need you to do something. Because I'm sinking fast. Yeah. And that worship can be just that expression of our own inability to understand what's happening, our own, our own frustration with what's happening and from that place we can we can again worship through lament yeah so
1: well and it comes to like ultimately we need to we got to trust god through the process i mean i don't know about you guys but like i hate waiting <laughs> i hate waiting i am so impatient and and it's in that waiting Typically, it takes me a little while to, to get where God is, but it's like, okay, God, I see why you had me wait. You're waiting for me to get to a certain place in my heart and in my mind in this waiting. But ultimately, it comes back to trust. And I, I've, Yeah, you got to share your story right. about trust. Yeah,
0: so, so trust right, is, is this idea that we're going even to, though, even though things don't make sense right now, even though we, we, we feel it like our heads going underwater, right? It's it's this expression of trust that, hey Lord, like I've I've seen you move, mm-hmm. I've seen you work in the past, and I'm just gonna trust that you're still that same God. Right? You 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 pulled me out of this before, you can pull me out of this again. And there's just that there's that surrender, right? That 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 just act of trust that says, okay, Lord, you want me to do this? I one of my kids. One of my kids, they've, they've just started this thing probably over the last month or so. And they'll just, they'll, they'll get my attention. And they'll say, hey, Dad. And I'll turn to them. And, and then they just, you know, because they first, you know, climb up on whatever tall object is around them. And so they're up there and they're like, hey, Dad. And you look. and, and I'm not going to do it because i am knock not you do down. It. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. As soon as I look, they say, catch me, Papa. And they... <laughs>
1: That didn't mean you did that. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: and, and this child just leaps off of whatever tall surface they're on because they're not worried. They're like, "God, oh, dad's going to catch me. It's cool. A couple nights ago, we had a close call because I, I tucked him into bed and I shut the light off. And then, and then I hear this voice, hey, dad. I'm like, what? I'm like, catch me, papa. Like right in the chat. Like you, can't, you can't do this in the dark. I can't, I can't see you, so we're working on it. We're gonna, but she wasn't worried. We're working on. It. She wasn't worried. She's like, "Dad's gonna catch me." I don't gotta worry. She trusts her daddy. Yeah, we
1: should trust our heavenly daddy. Whew. That was Holy Spirit. That was good. That was good. That was good. Yeah. So uh, check this out: Psalms uh, thirty-four, one. I will bless the Lord at all times. All times. His praise will always be on my lips. In the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between, Mm. praise will always be on our lips. The psalmist continues, I will boast in the Lord, the humble will hear, and he will be glad. It's the idea that we need to humble ourselves before him. Come, let the Lord's greatness, let us exalt his name together. So it's not that we just stay in our secret place to worship. We do gather together and we lift up his name. We exalt his name. A little bit farther in the same psalm. Uh, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. Like that imagery of just the hand sticking out of the water. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe like you're just sinking in life Everything that's happening around you. God hears. He is close to you. He understands the troubles that you're going through. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The rhetorical question, but like, is your spirit ever been crushed? And the Lord has met you in those moments. And maybe you're in the middle of one right now. Like the Lord is with you in that area. And God has used, a lot of times what he'll do is he'll use those moments, he'll minister to you, but then God wants to use you in someone else's
0: life who is crushed in spirit as well. And maybe, maybe you're in that space where, again, the brokenhearted space that you feel crushed, you're drowning And really for you, you you need to come together for corporate worship because you need to hear those around you lifting up the name of the Lord to help remind you, right, to, to kind of be a buoy for your faith in those moments. Right? We we say it often when we talk about community, right? This idea that you can't do life alone. Right. We're also told in scripture to carry one another's burdens. Right? Those times where you're brokenhearted, where your spirit is crushed. Our enemy will tell us, "Not hey, you just gotta, you just gotta suffer this thing alone. You just got, man, you gotta try to like lone ranger this this bugger." But no, that is all the more need for us to come together in those times of desperation, to be surrounded by our brothers and sisters, to be lifted up, and to to encourage us in our worship. Well, that reminds
1: me of this Thursday, like when we got together, um, the green we call it the green room. It's it's this room right behind the stage here um and, and on thursday mornings us staff get together and, and we just we pray for one another um we'll sing a song uh and then we lift up the the service in prayer and i went before my brothers and sisters in that moment and, and my wife and uh they prayed for us they laid hands on us they prayed for us and and i said as soon as we were done i didn't realize how much i needed that like I, I just kind of went into this like yeah pray for me, and then after they were done laying hands and pray, like oh my goodness I didn't I was just so encouraged and lifted up in that moment, and so that was worship. It wasn't just because we weren't in a big room and had a band. We were worshiping. I would call that our upper room, uh, maybe you know that real intimate space. Like God is close to the brokenhearted, and we can encourage. One another. All right. Uh, the fourth uh, uh, aspect or expression of worship is awe, wonder, and reverence. And, and I love this space. I love to worship in this space because it's in this space that God just a lot of times He just blows your doors off. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> in it's, a good it's, way.
0: Yeah, it's it's a recognition of how awesome God really is. Really, when we sit in this place, we're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's,
1: <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So yeah, share share a couple of whoa mo- moments. With well, us. so I've
0: actually I've had a few. And I I love. Do we have any nature lovers out in the out in the out in the room? Okay. All right. So so this picture and the next one that you're gonna see, these are both taken in the same place. Uh, this was one of my favorite places in the whole world. This is in Sierra Leone, West Africa. Lauren, you know what's up. Laura, I saw you out there. Yeah, we were we were up here, right? So this mountain shot. Chris actually took this picture. I, I stole this picture from Chris. We're, we climbed up this mountain, and most of us jumped in, and we're swimming like at the base of this waterfall. It was awesome. But you're just looking out, and you see this gorgeous, gorgeous landscape. And you can't help but look at that, and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Like, is there anything more beautiful in nature than all of this? And some of y'all are beach people. Do we have any beach people like, I'm not, I'm not a beach guy, but some of you like beaches, right? And you just, you go there and you just, you have this sense of awe. And like, oh man, this is really, really good. Right? We get that sense of awe when we see that aspect of creation. We come together in this place to worship the one who made all of that. If we have a high level of awe, at the sight of creation, how much greater should our sense of awe and wonder be for the one who created it? Mm, that's good. That's good. So our worship can be that expression of like, man, Lord, you are good. You are good. And I can't, can't help but just try to bring you worth to acknowledge your worth here in this place. Together.
1: Yeah, so let's let's look at a biblical example of awe here. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 6. Uh, then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. All the people chanted, Amen, Amen. As they lifted their hands, then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. There was just something that they were just dumbfounded by the glory of God. They couldn't help but to lift up their hands, but to bow down and have their faces down on the ground. Like they didn't know what to do with their bodies, right? (laughs) But then I love what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, not just here on earth, but also in heaven and under earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we, our human eyes can only see what's here, but there's a heaven, there's an unseen realm, there are spiritual things that we are just not privy to. But even in those spaces, every knee is going to bow. They are going to be in awe of Jesus. John wrote in the book of Revelation, and then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever, and he's not done. And the four living beings said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. So it's not just us humans that worship, it is all creatures. It is all spiritual beings. At the name of Jesus, their knee will bow.
0: They will profess the name of Jesus. Whew. And knee, right, so we, in, in, this, in these passages, you see a couple of different postures, right? We, we, we talk about postures. Right, kneeling, right? This is, that, this is symbolic of submission and reverence. Yeah. Right, they're falling down on their face. They're overwhelmed with how great God is. Yeah. And out of that awe and reverence and wonder, they respond physically Their heart recognizes it. And their body just goes along for the ride. They're like, man, he is holy. He is awesome. And they responded with these various postures. Again, we're not saying, oh, well, if you don't raise your hands, you're not really worshiping. No, we're not saying that at all. Well, if you don't kneel down, you're not really surrendering. No, we're not saying that. We're not saying that. Worship team, you can make your way up. But the question that we want to really grapple with here today, right, is 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 if the posture of our heart reflects, is I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Like if if we reflect it in our posture, I'd do better to just read the slide. That'd be easier. <laughs> it's it's okay, no, buddy. it's no fun though. No. It's no fun. To, <laughs> Why read the slide where you can just like, stumble over your words in front of everybody? Yeah, like, that's, that's another option. That's you yeah. know, it's a good choice. If our posture in worship reflects our heart, again, these aren't, these aren't just things that we do, oh, well, if I raise my hands, then I'm really... No, because it starts here. It starts here. But if our posture, our physical posture, is a reflection of what is in here, and you were to assess... Your, pot, your physical postures in worship, what does that say about the state of your heart? Again, this is not to, to bring judgment or condemnation or like, oh, well, they don't think I'm really in it. If I don't, no, no. Because for some of you, right? Like for you, the way you get excited is you're like, mm, and that's about the, cool. But if that's about the excited you get, do you get, do you get that excited for Jesus? Then get that excited for Jesus. What's the posture of your heart right now? And so now we
1: want to exercise this. You know, we talked about uh, last week the idea of lament, and maybe you're right in the middle of lament right now. And so that's where we're going to continue our worship service through song, is really this, this next song that we're going to sing. It, it's totally talking about the gap between the reality of what we're experiencing and the goodness of God. And it's okay to worship in that place. And so if you don't mind, if you'd stand with me, we want to practice some of these things that we've been rambling on for a little bit here. You know, it's one thing to, you know, learn about working out and learning how to get stronger by lifting dumbbells. Like it's one thing to just read about it. It's another thing to actually go to the gym, pick up the dumbbells and begin to lift them. And so, the rest of our worship service is going to be that. It's going to be us maybe lifting up some of our spiritual muscles here today. And maybe for some of you, you've never exercised any of these spiritual muscles. Start with where you're at. Don't start with where you want to be, start with where you're at now. You know, and and maybe the Lord, I'm just trying to pick up one example off the top of my head. Maybe it's, I want to lift my hands. Maybe the Lord's been speaking to you about that, but you've been uncomfortable or whatever, but there's something in your heart that's telling you, you need to lift your hands. Maybe you just start off right here. And that's, that's where you start off. Maybe you don't need to start off like this. That's okay, like there's no judgment. No one is checking to see, oh, who lifted their hands, who didn't, who's kneeling, who didn't. Like we're not doing that. This moment right here is between you and the Lord. This is between you and God and worshiping him, the creator of all things. So we're going to move through a time of lament. We're going to move into a choice of are we choosing to come out of lament because of the goodness of God. Then we're going to move into just adoring God. And then we're just going to choose joy and to praise and give him thanksgiving. And so that's what the rest of our time is going to look like. But right now, maybe you're right in the middle of lament. Let's just pray and ask Holy Spirit to minister to us right now in these moments. So Holy Spirit, you are so welcomed into this place. You are so welcomed into the inmost part of our hearts right now in these moments. And so Lord, there are things that are very real and practical that seem so far away from the goodness of that you have for us. in the joy of our salvation, there just seems to be such a big gap. And so Lord, would you minister to us right now in these moments? Would you begin to just do some heart surgery right now? Would you minister to us exactly where we're at? Because we do want to get to a place of adoring you and praising you and thank you. But would you meet us right here, right now, in these moments?